Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. Uh, it's December now, so it's... December means Christmas. It means Christmas, it does. And uh, we have some appropriate drinks for That's this. That's goddamn right. Alright. So we started off with hot buttered rums. Mm-hmm. We decided to make them from scratch, so milk... And brown sugar, we heated that up, and then we uh, actually put it in a blender because I was trying to, you know, get all fancy and make frothy it a little, or whatever. yeah, frothy like a cappuccino or mm-hmm. something. So we put a little butter and rum. I guess it was maybe not a little bit of rum. It was maybe. quite a bit of rum. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was rumtastic. Yeah, it was. What did Nicholas say? Rum forward. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. Yes. So we didn't love it. No. <laughs> so we decided to try it. We had a little bit of the milk mixture left without mm-hmm. the rum, and we popped some peppermint vodka in. Yes. And now we found our drink. Yes. This thing is fucking Amazing. delicious. It's Christmas in a cup. It is Christmas I mean, in a cup. Oh, it's so good. It's very delightful. Yes. Yeah. It uh, you can't go wrong with the peppermint vodka. So as it turns out, you're thank right. Thank you, Smirnoff, right. for yeah, for making that once a year. Yeah, I mean, if you really like dark rum, you you would love it. I mean, yeah, no doubt. But absolutely for us, it was a little rum forward. Right. <laughs> so we made we call this drink a hot buttered peppermint bark. Yeah, right? there we go. Yeah, it does Ooh. taste a lot like peppermint bark. It does, like it's the just, white chocolate. It's fucking delicious. It is. I could drink this all day. Well, maybe not because it's all milk, but. <laughs> <laughs> in my have coffee, issues. I could yeah. drink it all day. <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, that is that drink. And we're going to have our Christmas drink uh, next time. That's right. With our Christmas episode. So we are Woo-hoo-hoo. super excited. All so right. mine is not a holiday story at all. But I thought it was interesting. I'm like, so... okay, move on. We're not, <laughs> we're not telling it this time. No, I'm just kidding. I want to hear your delightful story. Thank Actually, you. Actually, it's probably scary and I'll be upset and angry by the end. Mm, maybe. We'll yeah. see. Um... <laughs> This guy has a unique name, so I apologize. <laughs> like, See? Uh, you pulled the shell. I did. All right. So this story is about Wencesalo. Wencesalo? Yeah. Okay. Good job. Thank you. Uh, He's like, girl, no. Wencesalo. No, that was... Oh. <laughs> and his last name is Mogel. We took some shots <laughs> of the five farms. All right. Um, so back to Wencesalo. So he is 25 years old. Okay. And is March 18th, 1915. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's a We're while back. We're going back. We're going back. So he was fighting on the Pancho Villa in the Mexican Revolution. So on this day of March 15th, he was actually captured by Mexican authorities. He was sentenced to death without a trial. So his sentence to death was firing squad. What? Mm-hmm. So they lined... Sorry. I was trying to not make any noise with my cup, so I didn't... What is he doing there? Why did he get into the firing squad? Because he was fighting in the Mexican Revolution. Okay. So he was kind of on the other side. side, Uh And they're like, fuck you. We're going to execute you now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So him and some other soldiers were all lined up. And uh, so there were nine soldiers... And when given the word, they would pull the trigger all together, resulting in a kill shot by multiple rounds. Okay. They're lined up 
about ready to be shot. Mm-hmm. They have a whole line of shooters that are all shooting at once. Mm-hmm. So everyone's just going to go down. Yep. So okay. usually also uh, the prisoners are always blindfolded. Mm. Sometimes they do request not to because that way they'd be able to see their executioners and this would make the shooters more stressed due to the lack of anonymity. Yeah, I could see that. It's like, look me straight in my eyeballs before you You kill kill me. me. And also in some cases, they would give live rounds to a few and blanks to other soldiers. That way they could not tell who actually killed the person. Mm, so I have heard that. So you sort of feel less bad. Right. Because potentially you weren't the one that did it. Exactly. So. Yeah. So it was, I'm not sure in this case if that's what happened. But mm. So there's nine of them all lined up. And he was going to receive the coup de grace, which means one final shot or the kill shot. So that means after the nine soldiers shoot their bullets, the officer would step up and deliver one last shot into his head. Good lord. Right? Double tap. Yep. (laughs) Well, once that all happened, the nine shots happened, the officer went up, shot him right in the head, and they all left. But what they did not know was that he was still alive and conscious. Oh my god, so he's now shot in the head Uh and also shot somewhere else. Yep, in multiple places. Oh my god. So when the close was clear, he crawled away looking for help. Three blocks away, he found a church of St. James. So uh, he found a parishioner, which means they belong to a certain church. Right. He actually looked after him and wait for him to heal. So he uh, took him into the church and... So uh, essentially someone that we don't know Mm -hmm. sort of came in and was like, oh my God, you're shot all these times. Mm -hmm. Come into the church and I'm going to tend to you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the final bullet went in just below his cheekbone on the right side and exited below his eye on the left side. That's a hard barf. His face was extremely disfigured, but he got the nickname of El Fusilado, uh, which means the executed one. Oh, that's kind of... I'm changing my name from the singer to the execute... Well, maybe not, but... Executed one. It sounds awesome. I know, right? I'm spilling drink all over myself. Good God. So he actually was living a normal life until 1937 when he became a bit of a celebrity. Mm. Uh, He was on the radio show, Ripley's Believe It or Not, radio show in Cleveland, Ohio on July 16th, 1937. Oh, did you ever watch the TV show? I loved the TV show. I even got the book. Oh, yes. Uh, and also, in Oregon, there's Ripley Believe It or Not Museum yes. at the coast, and I loved that museum. I got beyond creeped out oh, at that really? fucking museum. Well, there's this part where it's like these sort of statues of tourists that are like taking a picture, so it's like... These statues are sort of on either side of the aisle, so you have to walk in between them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but I got it in my head that one of them was going to, like, jump out or something, you know? It was going to be tricky in some way. And I stood there for probably fucking 20 minutes trying to get up the courage to walk past these stupid... And then, right after that, is the, um, the star room. Do you uh-huh. know? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Where it's like mirrors cool. and yeah. stars on the ceiling and floor and all around you. Oh, I got creeped out in there too. Apparently that museum was not for me. I guess not. I just got too scared. Because there was a wax museum and then Ripley's and you could do them. I love to do them both. Mm. Go to the wax museum first. Go to Ripley's. I think I those know. museums are kind of all over the country. Oh, really? I think, yeah, in pairs. Wow. Just like that. Sorry about it. I know. You thought you were all unique and I'm like, fuck you. You're not. <laughs> Oregon's basic, just like you. <laughs> so. Delightful. 
So he won the radio show, talked about what happened. Um, so he was disfigured. Pretty much the bottom of his face was kind of like, like he didn't really have a chin, I guess oh, I'm saying. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You have some pictures? I do. Oh, I'll have to yeah. see those later. He lived the rest of his life in Mexico, and he died at the age of 85 in 1975. Shit, all right. So he did live uh, a long life. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, I see. No chin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was pretty disfigured. Mm -hmm. Dang, it does look like a freaking bullet wound. Yeah, right? It's like it's indented. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Crazy, right? And actually, in 2008, a British band called Chumbawamba... Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I get knocked down. Yeah, Sorry. that is them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They actually made a song called El Fusilado uh, about his attempted uh, execution. Oh. And I listened to it, and I can't play it, but uh, I'll play it for you is it maybe pretty afterwards. Catchy? It's pretty catchy, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I liked it a lot, so... Check that out. It's it's more upbeat than I thought it was gonna be. Because I want to. <laughs> Copyright. That was a pretty catchy tune. Yeah. How the fuck do people post videos of like them singing? Because it's a cover. Songs? Oh, but mine's a cover because I'm singing. Oh, it. I guess so. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I get knocked out. <laughs> Knock it up again. Uh, so just some interesting facts about Firing Squad. Uh, the last person to be executed by a Firing Squad was convicted murderer Ronnie Lee Gardner. And that was in 2010. Oh, shit. They were executing people by Firing Squad all the way up to 2010? So his conviction came through before the state abandoned it. What so, state? Do you know? Uh, Utah. What? So they took that away in 2004. But his conviction... I guess, happened before that. Mm. And he even elected to be killed that way. Well, I guess it's fast. Yeah, right? You know, I guess. So there are 25 states that have the death penalty. Uh, 22 do not. And three have a governor impose a moratorium. Oh. So that is Oregon, California, and Pennsylvania. So all the people who are on death row essentially have a stay of execution is what you're saying there. Right, but we're not doing that. Right, we're not going to. So yeah, we're, it's suspended. Yeah, so it's suspended right now, but yes, we do have technically the death penalty. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and something even more interesting, uh, just on November 27th, there's, they're trying to pass a new rule for the... F for federal prisoners about executions to open it up to other ways to execute. So that would be electrician. Oh, electrician. Uh, <laughs> We're bringing in the electrician. Yeah. It's probably actually not uh, a bad way to say it. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like electrocution, uh, hanging, and gas. I would and, go for gas. And possible fire squads. Or lethal, lethal injection. Yeah. That's how I want to go. I just am going to go to sleep and that's the end of it. Yeah. I don't know why so, you would want any of those other ones. Right. So I guess the lethal injection is just harder to get. Because um, it's easier for the inmate? Is that what's... Why is it harder? To get the... To get the lethal injections? Like, to get, like, to get the actual medicine to do it? Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. oh. Um, and also, there has been some botch ones as well. Oh, so gosh. they don't die right away. Well, can um, you imagine having a botched fucking, like, electrocution or something? Oh, yeah. my God. You would not be the same the person. Green Mile. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. That's I obviously even. exactly what I think of. Yeah. Wet those sponges. <laughs> yeah. Wet those sponges. Ugh. So, all the states that have the death penalty allow lethal injection, 
And that is the primary method in all the states, but so they're looking at alternative methods since the lethal injection drugs are harder to get by. Alabama joined Oklahoma and Mississippi in 2018, approving the use of nitrogen gas to execute prisoners. And some states, like in Florida, inmates can choose their method. Hmm. So they can choose gas or um, I'm being electrocuted gas or can you like pop me with some heroin or something <laughs> a little od and, yeah just make it as easy as possible in yeah. uh towards the end of world war ii mm-hmm. when the japanese were in china uh-huh. they uh had execution by firing squads but they tried to save bullets so they just used their bayonets so essentially, they just stab people to death. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was apparently very hard on the soldiers and obviously very hard on the people they were executing. Yeah, absolutely. It was just wildly gruesome. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Ugh, not good. I can't even imagine. War, man. Dude, yeah. No fun. So I just thought that was really interesting that that's just happening right now. So that's going to take an effect on December 24th of this year. So oh, on Christmas Eve? Yeah. <laughs> what? Merry Christmas. I know. Fuck you. <laughs> God. Should that have been your Christmas story, maybe? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was crazy that a firing squad, you live through that and then, you know, go to a church and get healed and then oh. there you go. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. It is wild. And especially like, I, I'm i very, mm, like the death penalty, I'm very mm-mm about, like, I just, it's hard. I think a, it's hard. Uh, against the death penalty and I actually have been against the death penalty since I was a little kid right but the reason is not for the criminals Uh I just felt like it had such a negative impact on the people who had to do the executions Mm -hmm. like you're essentially asking them to be a murderer right and that always bum me out a lot you know there's probably people who it's like right up their fucking alley right (laughs) which is you know like I was trying to look at all sides, all ways. I mean, what if they were wrongly convicted? Yeah. You know, and well, then they're that's dead. The, thing is the, uh, the death penalty, or you know, yeah, death penalty is very costly. Yeah. Because there's so many appeals, and you, you know, they're mm-hmm. in jail for so long. Yeah. And it's yeah. But also, if someone killed a loved one of mine, would I be okay with them just? hanging out in prison and be maybe being able to get out again yeah like you took the life of my loved one and you just get to live your the rest of your days with free know, medical yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm struggling for basic health care right you exactly. got it all in there so no i, I get know. it it's man. a hard conversation so don't add us please <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't like you bitches <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting story. And plus, he got a song. I wish he could have hear heard the song, but I mean, like Winza Salo. Oh, he could hear his song about himself. I see. Yeah, I was just like, uh, I sang it and I sang it twice. <laughs> Everyone got a song. Yeah, <laughs> beauty. Oh Lord. All right, should we jump into mm-hmm. mine? So this is a story that I'm actually quite glad that we have warm drinks for. Oh, because it's a cold motherfucking story. It's getting cold in here. It's getting cold in here. Put on all your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, that was a good mix. That up was upsetting. Oh my goodness. Oh goodness. All right. So this story is about John All and. We are in Nepal. Oh. So, John, he is a 44-year-old scientist, and he is on a research expedition in Nepal to collect snow so they can tell how polluted the air is. Oh, wow. So, I think 
this is totally my guess, but I think as things freeze, you can sort of tell what's in the atmosphere mm-hmm. based on what's in the, in the different layers of snow. Interesting. Again, I may have completely made that up in my own head, but <laughs> that's what I think they're it doing. It sounds good. So John was up there with two other guys, but one of them had a stomach ailment. Oh. So the guy with the stomach ailment was taken down the, the mountain by the other guy. Okay. So now John is hanging out all by himself. Which, of course, when you're mountain climbing, is probably never wise. Right. But he was like, they're going to be back probably by the next day. You know, it's going to be fine. I will continue on with my research, but I'm just going to stay close to base camp. Okay. And he's not going to sort of wander off and, you know, have a get stuck somewhere in the Himalayas. So, as I said, he planned to be very cautious, stick near camp, and begin collecting samples. Okay. So, he made his coffee, and then he was grabbed his snow axes and walked toward a flat area just a short distance away that looked like an ideal spot for gathering up fresh snow. Oh, So, okay. it's like, oh, look at this delightful area that is just perfect for what I need. So, I guess they gather the snow and then melt it down into water okay so and then they can see what pollutions are inside so i guess it's interesting whatever i said in the beginning was pure bullshit oh okay (laughs) so uh the temperature was between 25 and 30 degrees that day and after weeks at the high elevation that was actually pretty warm for him oh so he had stripped down to a thin jacket over a t-shirt his snow pants and then he had the hiking boots with the crampons on it which are, they sort of stick onto the toe of your boot mm-hmm. and you can sort of kick them into ice. So it's uh. like little stakes that, or, you know, that stick out the front. Oh, here we go. Metal spikes that help climbers traverse icy terrain. Boom. Boom. <laughs> so he took one step and then he took another step and then suddenly the ground gave way beneath <gasps> him. So, and he plunged into complete darkness. Oh my gosh, it's uh. terrifying. So John's face smashed into something hard as he plummeted down. Um, any ice? Probably. <laughs> yeah. He's just smashing ice like the whole way down. He's probably pinballing all right? over. Poor fucking guy. So he instinctively reached out with his right hand trying to jab his axe into the ice to try to okay. stop him, you know, Smart. from yeah. just free falling down, you know, besides the, you know, getting his face smashed in. But, so he got the ice pick in, but because of the weight of his falling body, he ended up just completely dislocating his whole oh. arm and just sort of tore apart all the tendons. And mm-hmm. so now he has this mess of shattered bone and torn soft tissue from trying to slow himself down. So now he's still careening down this crevice with (laughs) growing speed. So his mind is kind of going, but he's still trying to kind of figure out what the fuck happened. Right. So he realized with horror that he had stepped into a crevice and that uh, it was just a small crack in the glacier that extended down for who knows. How oh my deep. gosh. So it's just sort of this abyss. I'm sorry, so he stopped though? No, he's, still, he's still going. going. He's yeah. still going. Oh he, my gosh. He fucked up his arm on the yeah. way down trying he's to slow still... himself down. It didn't work and now he's still falling. Oh. How did I make this mistake? He thought. <laughs> There's no way you could survive a fall into a crevice. Yeah. So John's right side slammed into something hard and his fall uh stopped with a crunch of bones so 
I'm disgusting. That was his thought. Yeah. He's just, I'm dead. This is it. Then he sort of felt his lungs going again. So he had fallen. It had knocked the wind out of him. Oh, I see. He couldn't breathe there for a minute. He figured he was dead. But then he started breathing again and realized, well, I'm fucking alive and I have nothing but excruciating pain everywhere. He looked down and saw his legs were hanging over a chasm. Oh, my gosh. He had landed on a shelf of ice suspended (gasps) over blackness. Well, I'm that was lucky. A, yeah, no shit. I'm going to have a little sip of my hot drink. <laughs> Actually, it's probably lukewarm now. So but cold. Overhead, he could see a pale halo of blue-white light about seven stories up. Oh, my god. Yeah. Um, oh, my god. And that was sort of where he had punched through the snow. So it's not like it was just open and he didn't see this yeah. giant gaping hole. It's just the ice had or the snow had sort of barely covered it and, you know created it it camouflaged oh, okay. the you know was, I was getting there too. Thank you. All right. I didn't <laughs> crack in the earth. Yeah. Oh God. So his entire right side of his body had been completely crushed. He couldn't move, but for now he was alive. So I guess that was something. I guess but it's like, like what the fuck ever. <laughs> he's like, help like I know, and no one's there. I yeah. mean, you're alone in the fucking Himalayas. I mean, surrounded by ice. Yeah. Below Here's a crevice. Here's a picture of, you know, kind of the area. Okay. So it's pretty desolate. Huh. Nothing but snow and ice. Oh my oh. gosh, is this where penguins come and help him? Oh, God. <laughs> I fucking wish. Oh my God. I was Save thinking the, the day. other day, like, if I could somehow get you a baby penguin oh my gosh. Like, for Christmas somehow, <gasps> like, could you imagine? I would take how- such good care. I mean, would penguins make good pets? Like, would they come cuddle you and stuff? I'm sure they would. I bet they would. I, I bet, bet they, they would. would. Oh, my God. Okay. So here's And the... m- most penguins do, like, the 73-degree weather. It's... See? Oregon would be perfect. Right? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. A little... You get a little one, and then it slowly grows up and comes and snuggles with you. Maybe, like... Your well, there's a, a little, little video of a person who has a pet penguin, and they have a little fish backpack, and he goes into town with his little fish backpack, what? and the seafood place puts a fish in there for him to eat, and so he walls back home and eats it. I just got goosebumps. I... <laughs> so cute. <laughs> oh, now all I want is a fucking I pet know. penguin. Oh my god. Right. It's like the picture or the videos of all the uh, raccoons. Oh. Like, I know they're probably a fucking menace, but god damn it, they're so, so cute. cute with their little hands and yeah. eating off their belly. Oh my goodness. All right, sorry. So, John is sort of sitting there and taking in his surroundings right. and trying to come up with a game plan, if you will. So, he realized he actually wasn't on a shelf of ice, but it was a chunk of ice that had fallen with him. So it fell oh, just below lucky. him, and then he fell on top of it. Whoa! Yeah, because he would have just kept on going. So this chunk of ice sort of wedged itself down into the fissure. Uh-huh. So that's where he he was sitting. I mean, thank goodness. You know, but it's a glacier, which is always moving and always shifting. And, oh. You know, so he doesn't know how long he has that this ice is going to stay Stable, stay wedged into the crevice. Right. He rocked his body slightly, testing his limitations, and he got a jolt of pain that radiated through his entire body. Yeah, And it left him dizzy. I mean, yeah, kind of no shit. So it turns out he had 15 broken bones (gasps) at this point and had six crushed vertebrae. Oh. So 
He's in a bad spot. Yeah. I mean, he is very injured and... In pain. I'm, yeah, uh, and seven stories down, sitting on a chunk of ice that could fall out from underneath him at any point. John, I'm sorry. So his right arm was entirely useless, and the ribs on his right side were shattered, and so it just made every breath agony. His abdomen felt sore and stiff, which was a sign of internal bleeding. So he's just like, oh, and he could taste a coppery taste in his mouth, um, which is often um, an indication of liver or kidney damage. I mean, oh really? So, Not, I thought it was just blood. In I just figured it was blood too, but according to this, it's possible liver or kidney damage. Okay, interesting. He touched his face and found that there was blood from gouges in his eye socket and forehead oh. that had now congealed in the cold and had stopped bleeding. What? So he probably would have just been openly bleeding if it had been a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. Oh God. So it took him 10 minutes just to wrench himself upright and to squirm over to a secure perch on his block of ice. Okay. So the effort left him panting and the icy air blew up from the depths of the glacier. Oh, gosh. And he could feel his body shivering and his uh, fingers starting to freeze. Oh, and no. becoming numb. Oh, God. He knew that by 4 p.m. the shadows would cast down the shadows from the um, high mountains would cast over him and then it would get too dark for him to try to climb out or anything so now he had kind of a time limit okay so it's so just, his plan was to climb out yeah he's gonna try i mean his partners were not scheduled to come back for the next day or possibly even the day after and by then he would have frozen to death right i mean again he was feeling pretty warm when he went you know out of his tent in the morning and, you know, so he didn't have his full gear oh, on. Oh, that's right. Uh, so he knew he had roughly six hours to get the fuck out of this hole. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> so, okay. so he reached just kind of out of instinct into his pocket and brought out his camera and started recording. And he's like, thank God I had stopped on this ledge. How do I get back up, though? And you like apparently kind of went zoomed up with the camera and you could see blood spatters on like the side of the crevice where he hits god surface of the walls of the crevice Uh were this like the consistency of whipped cream so i'm assuming he can't like get a good good hold yeah good purchase just soft yeah huh um, where he had landed, the width of the crevice was about eight feet, but looking to his right, he saw hundreds of feet away where the fissure seemed to narrow. So he could kind of see the end of it a few hundred feet. Oh, he down. down. Okay. So Not he... down, but to the side, I oh. think. So. Okay, I'm confused. He was in kind of a wide spot. Yeah. And then he looked to the side where it oh, sort of closed. Oh, I see, I see. If that makes sense. Yes, yes. So what he's thinking is... If he can get to that narrow spot, he can sort of shimmy up. Okay. Up the side of the crevice. Okay. But he knows he only has one arm to kind of help him. So using his snow axes and the crampons on his boots, he tries to move across the wall of sheer ice. Okay. So he kicked his crampons into the ice until they held. So he just kept on kicking, kicking until he got a good So his legs are good. Yeah, his legs are good. It's more just his whole upper top side okay. of his uh, body. So with his left hand, because his right hand is garbage, okay. he planted one axe at eye level. And then with his same hand, he reached across his body 
and put the other axe as far right as he could. Okay, yeah. So does that Makes make sense? sense? So he's yeah. got one here, and then he put one way over here. Yeah. So clutching the first axe, he shuffles his feet to the right, kicked his crampons into the ice, shifted his weight, and grabbed the second axe again with his left hand. His body screamed out in pain, but at least he had moved a little bit. Wow. A little while. A little bit. Oh my God. Now he just had to do that a few thousand times more. Oh my and then gosh. he'd be there. No problem. And then shimmy it. Yeah. <laughs> God, poor guy. So he would stab with his axe, kick with his feet, shift his weight, and repeat. Okay. Stab with his axe, kick his feet, and shift his weight. Just kept on doing that. So now he was free climbing inside the crack. So he has left the safety of his little chunk of ice and is now moving away from it. So he is so he can, on the wall uh-huh. with nothing underneath Ugh, him. So just, he could fall and just keep going. Yeah. Just, I mean, and who knows? You can't even see the bottom of it. Right. So who knows? Oh, my God. <sighs> so he was trying not to dwell on the fact that one misstep would send him tumbling to his death. Right. <laughs> so instead, he concentrating on just getting another slab of ice that had become getting up to another slab of ice that he could see that was like 50 feet away. So he, that's his okay. like milestone before uh-huh. he makes it, keeps on going. All right. He has got a couple hundred feet to go. Oh God. Okay. So it took him about a half an hour to reach that second slab of ice. Okay. So and he's making time. Yeah. He's getting there. He's getting there. So he rested there for a little while and tried to get his breathing under control and you know, it's fucking freezing. He's in a shitload of pain and probably tired and sweaty at this point. So, of course, he was tempted to just stay there. I mean, oh, he's right. tired. He's hurting. Um, but he knew if he stayed there, his body would remain there probably forever. It would Ugh. get unearthed by generations away. Right. <laughs> oh, my other gosh. mountain climbers. So, he started moving again. And he spotted another block of ice about another 50 feet away. So, that became his another goal. So, he just okay. took this, like, huge goal and just sort of broke it down into little bit more manageable. Like you should, Like right? you should. Don't overwhelm yourself, people. Let's all learn from John. So, suddenly, a jolt of terrible pain uh-huh. <laughs> struck him. And he looked down, and the he saw the void beneath him, and the cavern disappearing into black infinity. Uh, right. And realized, you know, again, how fucking scary his situation right? is. But now, fortunately, the edges of the crevice are beginning to narrow. Okay, he's getting there. He's getting there. He's getting there. So now, instead of the mushy sort of whipped cream sort Uh of consistency of the snow, now it's very crystalline. Okay. So there's all these ice crystals and things, which is probably good because now he can sort of get his fingers into things, but it's also scraping up the shit out of his fingers. Oh. So it's just... Not good. So he slowly began to climb upward, swinging his tools into the wall and finding his footing and then just trying to pull himself up just really slowly. Oh my gosh. I can't even do one pull up with both my <laughs> arms. Oh, fucking kidding. Same. <laughs> my God, twins. <laughs> oh, so he just keeps on going one excruciating step after another as he's trying to gather up his energy. So now he's sort of made it to the edge of the crevice, which he's been hoping to get to this whole time. And so he braces his back against the wall and does that same thing where he stabs, kicks, moves Mm -hmm. up, repeats. Okay. And so he just does that. And after about four hours, he could start to see the glow of the sun (gasps) above him. 
Four hours. Uh, yeah, four hours. Finally, he swung an axe upward and broke through the top. <gasps> so there was a tiny patch of blue sky, all cleared the snow all around him, and he made the hole wider. He had a distinct feeling that he had just dug himself out of his own grave. Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah, you did. He went up seven stories with a broken arm yeah, and broken and crushed bones. lips and crushed vertebrae. Can hardly breathe. Probably his kidneys and liver bleeding. With just as we nothing speak. below him, just death. Oh yeah, my god, just death below him. An icy grave <laughs> yeah. uh. that no one will ever like. Can you imagine the other guys coming back and be like, Where? "What happened to John? Yeah, Why right. Is that hole there. That's really strange. Well, let's just get more samples. Hope <laughs> you just went AWOL. Is that what? Yeah. Oh, he went sledding down. <laughs> So John hauled himself up and he lay there sort of half in, half out of the crevice. No, I know. I was like, keep on on crawling, yo. And so he did sort of drag himself out finally. And then he just collapsed. So at that point, he couldn't walk. He couldn't even get to his knees. And that's when he realized how truly broken his body was and how much trouble he was still in. Right. You know, because now he's just out in the, you know, in the... Elements. Elements. He's out there in the elements. So in the Himalayans, as he knows, death from hypothermia can come very quickly. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, no shit. And now he was just a three-minute walk away from his tent, but it might as well have been miles away. Right. Just because he's so broken. But he was like, you didn't come this far not to make it. Yeah. And, And he was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. So he pulled himself forward on his stomach, his face... Plow through the snow. He shivered the whole time, but he dragged his broken ass across the ground. On his stomach? His tent. Yeah. Oh With, like, the ice in the snow just sort of gathering up yeah. in his face and just was... Oh, my gosh. Probably... And it was a tent. It wasn't, like, a cabin. No, it was a tent. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it was probably a nice tent meant yeah, for, for sure. you know, camping in the Himalayas. I'm sure. Yeah, but you well can't just prepared. walk into the the you know the cabin with the stove the, going, the and, fire already yeah. going, and the cocoa brewing. You know, <laughs> yes. our wonderful <laughs> hot buttered Rum. peppermint, whatever the fuck peppermint we call bark. it. That's right. Long <laughs> name. Oh, so the walk that should have only taken a couple minutes took him two hours <gasps> of crawling. Oh. Um, so what time is it now? Do we know? Now it is late afternoon. Good question. Oh. It was like the next thing oh, I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> so shadows were deepening when he finally lunged into the tent. So he reached for a handheld satellite communicator because he knew he would still not survive. Like if he had to just spend the night there. Oh, really? I mean, he needed oh, okay. medical attention right away. He was bleeding internally and he oh. needed to be rescued. Right. Uh, so the walkie-talkie size machine could only send messages, not make phone calls. And at the moment, it was connected to a Facebook page, to the Facebook page of an organization that he had founded, or co-founded, excuse me, the American Climber Science Program. Back at home in Kentucky, it was 4 a.m., and he knew everyone was most likely asleep, but he prayed that someone would see his cry for help. So he put it out on Facebook. So he can only like do little text messages, like, OMG, LOL, Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or please call Global Rescue. John oh. broken arms, ribs, internal bleeding. Fell seventy feet crevasse. Climbed out. Hum lung camp two. Please hurry. So he wrote that. Makes that makes more sense. Yeah. 
There was a biologist in Hawaii named Rebecca Cole, and she was getting ready for bed when she decided to sort of quickly log on to Facebook. And that's when she saw John's message. So she just happened to be awake. At, at what time? It's probably around 4 a.m. And she was like, let me just check my messages. I'm just going to get on there real quick before right. I hit the hay. And, before you um, hit your hay? Okay. 4 a.m. All right. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's a little bit of a night owl. Yeah, I guess so. Who knows what time it is in Hawaii. That's true. <laughs> so... She saw the message and her heart sank and she's like, oh shit. So Rebecca and her husband, Carl, had co-founded the, um, the Climber Science Program with John. So. Well, that's lucky. I know. Woo. And so when she read the cry for help, she quickly began pinging messages across the globe trying to arrange for a helicopter rescue. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the tent, John tries to cover himself with a sleeping bag he eats these little energy gels, you know, little packs okay. to give you, you know, quick energy. Mm-hmm. And then he's just sort of laid back and hope prayed someone that someone would come. So the next morning, the sun is coming up and he's actually beginning to feel a little bit more warm and has kind of gotten... He's not completely frozen like he was. And all the while, on the other side of the world, his friends are still trying to gather a rescue team. After 18 hours on his back, his broken body had completely tensed up and left him nearly uh, paralyzed. Oh. Like, he just couldn't hardly move because you know what happened. I mean, I sit down for 20 minutes after I've been up and going for a little while and I get up again and I can hardly fucking move. That's true, yeah. Imagine all that, and now you're Mm. sleeping over the night. Um, So he survived the night, though. He did survive the night, and he heard the faint whir of a helicopter. (gasps) Yay! So soon after, the tent's door unzipped, and a Nepali rescuer poked his head in the flap, and the rescuer dragged uh, John out on his sleeping mat before hauling him into the helicopter. And John said he just allowed the relief to completely flood through him. Just, I'm alive. (laughs) So as he recovered from his injuries, he sometimes feel like part of him never really escaped the crevice. Right. (laughs) And he just said the whole thing was so raw and overwhelming that he had to keep the whole thing in third person. Like, oh wow, he just didn't even think I. It was just like John needs to move and John needs to do this. So That's after interesting, yeah, John was still having a lot of. He's about oh, see, this is March of 2015. So this is about a year. So we were in 2014. Oh, okay. is when this happened. So almost a year after his near death experience, Rebecca went to go visit him. And was like, hey, come to Hawaii and we're going to, we'll go hiking. And he's like, nah. (laughs) Hard fucking pass. But one day he did go out hiking with Rebecca and they, as they went through, it began to snow. In Hawaii. It's like a total rarity in Hawaii. And by the time they were breaking through the trail, there were three feet of snow on their way to the summit. And he realized that seeing all the snow actually made him feel happy and at peace. Oh. And so he felt like it was the beginning of his actual true recovery. Oh, So okay. he was able to... Um, He's the, like, I would have like, probably a panic attack. And yeah, then... no, that would probably have been mine. And yeah. No, he, it brought him peace. What he realized is that we all have dreams, but we usually say, I'll do it when I have a chance. But lying on that mountain... I realized you only get one chance to live. And so he oh. went for it. Oh. So. 
That's that's a, it. I, that's the story of John All. Dude, and his fucking I, fall into the crevice. That's just scary. Ugh. That's that, a lot of like will. I know. Like, I mean, I guess the other option is just to sit there and die. Die, you know. But so. I mean, I guess you might like if we're already there, might as well just try, right? It's fucking I the guess. human spirit, man. The will to survive yeah, right? is astounding yeah. to me. I think I've said it before, but I mean, we should give us credit. You know, if we were in that situation, I'm sure we would try. I would sure hope so. <laughs> you would be like, <laughs> "Bitch, please get up," and I'd be like, "Nah, girl." <laughs> I'll probably be here. I'm going to uh, wait. Throw me down my sleeping bag, yeah. if you would. Can you pour some Irish cream down? Yes. Just open my mouth. I'll oh. take a shot. <laughs> oh, I would. <laughs> no. No, I always like to think I would react well to a shitty situation. But, yeah. you know. You just you, never know. You do until... never know. But, um, so those were awesome stories. Yeah. No, those were great stories. They were good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed those. So, uh, next time is our Christmas episode again. Uh, so, please try this drink. Be prepared to probably hear a lot of Christmas carols. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think we should probably sing some. I'm just All right. saying. What do you want to sing? I get knocked down. That's not no. a Christmas song. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to add that to your Christmas list now? No. Uh. All right, cool. Well, please uh, follow us on all the platforms. Um, I should totally be dead right now. We yeah. have an email, too. We have a website. Uh, we got all kidding. that fucking shit. <laughs> Look at us roll. Uh, but, yeah, so we hope you have a good and safe Pre-Christmas December. time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get your shopping done. Get your decorations up. And, Do fun uh, things. Yeah. Watch Christmas movies. Mm, yes. What's your go. favorite Christmas movie? Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. You're like, duh, bitch. Mm, yeah. I love that as a kid, and I watch it every year still. We do I do love that. Love Actually as well. Oh, Love Actually. I love Christmas Vacation. Oh, that's funny. That's, like, one of my very favorites. Just because I've always loved the vacation movies. Right. And then Christmas Vacation? Come on. Yeah. I'm all set to go. And Christmas Home Alone. Story. Oh, Home Christmas Alone. Story. Good one. Of course, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. Come on. Yes. All right, so uh, we will see you guys next time. Woo-woo. Thank you. Goodbye. I get knocked down. <laughs>